Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful chant. Do I have a mic? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. What a festive atmosphere. As well we should have on the, to honor Baba's uh, birthday. Um, everybody was talking about welcoming in that video, so I thought I should welcome you as Baba does. He would say in Hindi, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that that's the essence of spirituality. <clears throat> and uh, today or yesterday, uh, Ishwari gave me, uh, showed me a, a beautiful quote from Sri Aurobindo, which I thought I'd share tonight first. <clears throat> Aurobindo says, whoever has any glimpse of the supreme within him or above him or around him, let him hear the call. Let him follow the path. If you have any inkling of divinity, you feel the spirit, that higher power, anyway, then listen to what that power is saying to you. Follow the path. <clears throat> he says, the way may be difficult, the labor heavy and arduous and long, but its rewards but its reward is habitation in unimaginable glory, a fathomless joy, a happy and endless vastness. That's the state that Baba was talking about. And the path is not hard at all. It's just, <laughs> it's a snap. It's a snap. But you see, I always compare it to what it would be like without the path. And that is no joke. <clears throat> he says, find the guide who is hidden within you and exists in the form of a living guru. Listen to his voice and follow always the way that he points. There's a voice that's inside that always knows the truth, but it's obscured by other voices that we hear, voices of desire, voices of fear, voices of self-hatred. But there is a voice of clarity which is mixed up with all the others. And when we meet the guru, the guru brings out the true voice gets us in touch with that true voice. He says, listen to his voice and follow always the way that he points. At the end is the light that never diminishes, the truth that does not deceive, the power that neither strays nor stumbles, the wide freedom, the ineffable blessing. The heavens beyond are great and wonderful, but greater and more wonderful are the heavens within you. It is these Edens that await the divine seeker. Beautiful quote from Sri Aurobindo, a great soul. <clears throat> so on these special occasions, I dig into my secret stash of Baba transcripts. Uh, these are unedited talks that Baba gave years ago, and I have a, a stack of them. And every one is a, a joy. and and. When I look at them, I feel like I'm transported back into that world that you saw. And this one happens to be from the same time, from Saturday, March 21st, 1981, during his Los Angeles tour. And I don't know if I was there. During that tour, he sent me to Australia. 
<laughs> and then I came back. I was there. I was there at the beginning of the tour, and then I was gone, and then I was back at the end. So I'm not sure if I heard this talk or not. But this is uh, uh, on that occasion. And it's a question-answer session. Every night, Baba would come out and he would give a little preamble. He would welcome everyone, talk about the welcome, and then he would answer questions. That happened on most nights. So this was a question-answer session like that. But he, he spent a long time on the welcome. He says, Satgurnath Maharaj Kijay, With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. This is the main thing that you have to learn about the religion of human beings, to welcome another person with love. Baba says, the flame of one God blazes in everyone's heart. In the Gita, <clears throat> the Lord says, He who understands that the same self, the one God exists within everybody and pervades everything like the warp and woof in the weaving of clothes, they have the right understanding. You know what warp and woof was? I don't know. Years ago, you might have. <clears throat> Baba says, regarding this, I read a poem by a great being named Yari. And then Baba sings this poem. Now I attained him. Now I attained him. My guru has revealed that secret to me. And Baba says, when a weaver weaves, he goes horizontally and vertically. I don't know how they do it in this country with the machines, but in India, when a person does it, he goes this way and he goes that way. <clears throat> Whether it goes this way or that way, it's thread either way. The warp and the woof is like, <clears throat> I'm not a weaver. Uh, <laughs> then there are so many clothes, so much cloth, but in all these clothes and all that cloth, there is one thread. So the thread is so basic to everything, no matter how it's woven. And the great being said, now I attained him, now I attained him. My Satguru has revealed the secret to me. Baba says, in the Gita, the Lord continued, a person with this understanding knows that in all the different ornaments, there is just the one gold. Baba says, I read another poem by a great being, and he said, no matter how many ornaments you make, only gold exists in all the ornaments. Gold is within the ornaments, and the ornaments are within the gold. Understand gold. Destroy the idea of ornaments. So everything is made of the one stuff. There are different shapes. If you have this understanding, then who is high and who is low? If you have that understanding, everything is divine. Everything is a play of consciousness. Everything is divinity. It's not high and low, enemy and friend. Another great being said, Baba quotes, a potter makes different kinds of clay pots with different shapes and sizes. Still, there's only clay in all the pots. <clears throat> a jeweler makes different kinds of ornaments from gold. From gold, The saint says, when I went to sell them, the price was the same. And when the darkness of my ignorance was destroyed by the sunrise, and then the darkness of my ignorance was destroyed by the sunrise of knowledge. So I went to the marketplace, I had all these gold ornaments, 
and I thought I'd sell them, and they didn't care about the ornaments. They only measured the gold. They were all the same to the jeweler. And when I saw that, I realized I should have the same vision. All of life is nothing but the play of divinity. And Baba says, in the Gita, the Lord said, he who worships me and sees that I dwell in all beings, that yogi abides in me, whatever may be his mode of living. And Baba says, if a person has this unity awareness, then although he exists in this body made up of five elements, yet he's not bound by the activities of the body and its senses. He is totally liberated. He knows that the eyes do their work, the ears do their work, the tongue does its work, and all the senses perform their own actions. But he knows I am the self, and I am totally absorbed in the self all the time. That knowledge, that behind everything. The Lord said, know that a being who has merged himself in this kind of experience is no one but me, become one with the divine, who has this knowledge of oneness, because he experiences the self in everybody, and all the time he attains me, he attains the Lord. Baba says if he becomes totally absorbed in his own self and established in his own self, then he becomes all-pervasive, he becomes the self of all. You become one with that divinity. Then you move from being a separate individual to connecting with the divine power, with the great oneness. You're still an individual, but now you're grounded in that oneness. He says, even if such a being has a body, he does not have the pride of his body. He does not identify himself with his body. His understanding expands. Once a seeker asks a sage, who is God? How can you worship him? Where does he live? And the sage answered, this body is the temple of God. The inner consciousness is God. When the body dies, when a person dies, the divinity leaves. The temple is still there, but it doesn't have the divinity because the inner consciousness is God. He says, when your ignorance leaves you, you worship that God with the awareness of Soham, I am that. And we have an ashramite named Soham. So whenever we see him, we think, Soham, I am that. I am, I am that self. <clears throat> Baba says, therefore, this kind of awareness, the awareness of unity, is called the highest meditation. Often our meditation is on separation. This one said that, that one said that, this one doesn't like me, that one's this way, I don't approve of this, I do approve of that, I'm not getting enough credit, I don't like myself very much, I'm a loser, and we, this, we think like that. So when we meditate, we should get away from all those kinds of thoughts to this thought, I am that self, I am the self, I am that consciousness. Beneath all of those other thoughts, there's the one consciousness, and that's the one we should connect with. He says, in this, the mind becomes free from thoughts. When you have the awareness of unity, it is not that you have to make an effort to see that one, or 
<clears throat> to see that one or to see oneness in everyone. You just have to understand that God has created everything and God has become everything and he has assumed everything. You don't have to make an effort. You just have to have the understanding that this is the way it is. Shaivism says, the great philosophy of Kashmir Shaivism, says Supreme Shiva, another word for consciousness, God, who is of the form of supreme bliss, who is nothing but a mass of light, vibrates from himself right down to the earth. He realizes that he has become everything. Shaivism says that everything is generated from supreme consciousness. Supreme consciousness is a very high and pure vibration of light, of love, of joy, of oneness. And then it starts to vibrate at different frequencies and it vibrates at lower frequencies and becomes the material world and becomes separate, becomes individual people. But all the time it's the one consciousness vibrating in these different ways. And if we have that understanding, we see that one consciousness everywhere. Bible says, he does not perceive differences like the seer and the seen, the subject and the object. He sees that all is one. Supreme Shiva, the Lord himself, vibrates in the form of the world, which contains strange, unique, and colorful forms. So God wanted to create a world filled with strange, unique, and colorful forms, like all of us here. <clears throat> and so he did it. So this is a kind of perception, Baba says. This is called the true perception. This is not the mundane eye, the mundane perception. This is the spiritual eye, the spiritual perception. The mundane eye sees what's in it for me, what's going to happen to me. It sees separation, advantage and disadvantage, and so on. That's the mundane eye. Everything is looked at from a mundane point of view, but the, there's another way of looking at things from the point of view of spirit, centered in the self, to see everything as part of the divine play. If we can connect with that way of seeing, and a being like Baba embodied that, he lived that life, that's why he was so full of joy and so full of love, but we have that potential within us. If we connect with that place inside of us, then our whole life becomes joyous. Our whole life is uplifted. He says, the eyes that we use to perceive in our mundane world do not really see the right things. If we just look superficially, we're not seeing the truth. Sometimes we see falsehood. As long as you do not see your own self as it is, you only see multiplicity. Baba quotes Dharmadas, the disciple of Kabir, great poet Kabir, but Dharmadas said, when I met the pure one, when I met the guru, the great being, I became one with the world. I became him, Safa, the pure one. I merged with him. I had the awareness that he pervades everything. When I became one with the world, I became one with the pure one. I also became that. I connected with that higher consciousness. When my ego was removed, I myself became God. My ego was a veil. Because of my ego, I was a limited soul. This is uh, the, the disciple of Kabir wrote that. And Baba quotes another great being, Nanak Dev. Nanak Dev, the great founder of Sikhism, Guru Nanak. 
He says, when I began to keep the company of a sadhu, of a holy person, <clears throat> of a great being, a holy being, my idea of differences began to fade away. As I hung out with this great being, my understanding changed. What before I thought, I no longer thought. I started to come gradually by osmosis, not by any real effort, but just by hanging out in that force field, in that vibrational field of the great being, my vision was transformed. <clears throat> he, says, he says, now I have no obstacles, no enemies, because I have become the self of everybody. I've become everybody's. Now I've come to understand that whatever God does, he does it for the good. Because I have this understanding, my mind has also improved. God dwells in every person. As I began to perceive the Lord within everybody, I forgot myself and I became so happy. There's a, bad, there's a good kind of self-consciousness and a bad self kind of self-consciousness. To know the self is good, but to worry and fret about the self in a certain way is to make yourself miserable. So he forgot himself in that way and became happy. <clears throat> Baba says, bearing this in mind, I always welcome people. Now your questions. So now we have a few questions. <clears throat> Nancy, office manager, age 32. So it says, Baba, this is a good one. Baba, how do you know when it's time to move into an ashram? <laughs> Baba says, when an interest arises in you that you want to come live in the ashram, that is your time. <laughs> to live in an ashram, to do sadhana, to do spiritual practice, and to attain God, you do not have to wait for a particular time. So when it hits you. When that urge hit me, I was gone many years ago. <clears throat> Question. What difference is there between following a live guru or a dead guru? <laughs> Bob is very funny here. Bob says, if you follow a dead guru, then you have to experience death. And then you can follow him. <laughs> but if you follow a live guru you can still be alive and be with your guru <laughs> for example now all these people and points to the photos like we have, we have photos of all these great beings uh, Baba would have uh, Shirdi Sai Baba and uh, Zipruana and Harigiri Baba and uh, Akalkot Swami and you know Bhagwan Nityananda, he points to the photos of the siddhas on the wall. They've taken nirvana. They've, gone, they've died and gone on. They no longer exist in this world. If you really want to meet them, then you have to go through the inner nirvana. You have to go inside and really die and then meet them. Now that state is called Turyatita, the highest state. So you have to experience that state, which is beyond the transcendental state. So if you really want to meet them, then you have to go through this inner nirvana. You don't have to die physically, but you have to go die psychically in a certain way. You have to go to a deep inner state. But if you find a guru who is alive, then you can meet him while you're still alive. 
other than going through that nirvana? Yes. That's what I was answering. Question. <clears throat> Why is my experience of chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Ram different from chanting Om Namah Shivaya? What are the benefits and differences of slow and fast chanting? Baba, they're all the same. <laughs> chanting is done in a particular way. You know, if you walk faster, you reach your destination faster. <laughs> but this is not, but this is not that if you chant faster, you're going to reach your destination faster. <clears throat> In sadhana, you have to follow a particular discipline. <laughs> when you chant aloud, you have to chant along with everybody in a very disciplined manner. You have to keep rhythm, and you have to have a lot of love. And you know, when Baba's chanting, he didn't emphasize pronunciation. He didn't emphasize uh, uh, anything except love. He would always say, chant with love. That's what gives the real rewards. <clears throat> and if you, want, if you chant mentally, this, this means if you say the mantra interiorly, mentally, then you chant the mantra mentally when you breathe in and breathe out. So you breathe in, Om Namah Shivaya, breathe out, Om Namah Shivaya, or Hum Sa. Um, and if you can't synchronize the mantra with your breath, not everybody's comfortable with that, uh, then you just do it mentally with the same pace that you use to talk. So you can say Om Namah Shivaya at a normal kind of speaking pace, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. All the mantras are one and the same. All the mantras have their own power. Then it does not matter whether it is Hari Ram or Om Namah Shivaya, the same Shakti or power is present in all the syllables. Yes. Question. Baba, please explain about Vibhuti, ash, its use and benefits. Thank you. That's the ash that uh, you might see here. And Baba would always wear like that. This is cute. Baba says, it's very useful and beneficial. <laughs> and uh, Malti, Guru Mai, who translating from you saw in the video, laughs, and the audience laughs, and then Baba laughs. <laughs> Baba does not go on. So Malti goes on to the next question, causing more laughter. So it's very beneficial. And then they all laugh. Dear Baba, <clears throat> do we still sometimes create bad karma while staying in the ashram? Baba says, Vibhuti. And there's more laughter. Ash, that means ash. And there's more laughter. I still have to talk about Vibhuti. <laughs> he was making, he's cracking a joke. He didn't finish. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I feel I I feel like I was there. I but I could just see Baba doing this. I don't know whether I was actually there that night. Uh, Vibhuti, the sacred ash, comes from the yagna, the fire ritual. It's the ash left over after the fire uh, is burned. He says um, in the yagna, in the fire ritual, they use a lot of herbs. What do you say? Herbs. 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 Jeez. I had an American glitch. <laughs> it's malty confused me. That's what happened. A lot of herbs. They use incense sticks and they put them in the fire along with the ghee, 
clarified butter and other items. When they put this thing into fire, they say, Swaha. I offer this, I offer that. They say, Swaha. And they offer it to the fire. And if you really want to see how it's done, come to Ganeshpuri. Or you could come here when we have a yagna. We do beautiful yagnas here. <clears throat> the, uh, the ash has the same potency that the yagna has, the fire ceremony. So people wear them, wear the ashes for the same power. When we wear the ash, when we apply the ash to the forehead, we have the feeling that we're placing God on our forehead. If people wear it, wear this ash, then they're not affected by any yantra, tantra, or black magic. And so, and so on. So this is the use. Now the other question. That was, remember what it was? About creating karma even while staying in the ashram. <clears throat> Baba says, if you live in the ashram and perform bad karma, you reap the fruit of your bad karma, that's all. If you really want to create bad karma, then why not go outside of the ashram to do it? <laughs> why do you want to do it? Why do I do it in the ashram? <clears throat> you know, why stay in the ashram and create bad karma and pollute the ashram? You know, there's a lot of space outside. <laughs> you have the ashram dharma, the, the, um, the rules of the ashram. You have the ashram so that you can perform good actions. It's a very good question. Everybody should listen to this. <laughs> but you should really not do bad karma. In the ashram, meditate, do the Guru Gita, and offer your service. And only try to experience peace when you're in the ashram. <clears throat> you can excrete waste matter only in the toilet. And you can eat food only in the dining hall. So you should know the difference. <laughs> Just understand this difference. This answer applies not only to ashramites, but to people who visit the ashram as well. Everything else is still fine. This is Baba's end. And he would give a rant, and then he'd say, everything else is fine. Now we'll all go to our respective places. Everything else is fine. Once again, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Sakurinat Maharaj Well, thank you. I felt like I was reliving satsang with Baba. So what we'll do now is uh, chant the mantra Om Namah Shivaya with Baba uh, for a few minutes, and then we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And to meditate, meditate on that self that Baba was talking about, that essence. It's deep within. Let the mind become quiet. Let the mind become still and find that place inside. I like to call it the clear space of good feeling, where the feeling is sweet and pure, positive, and the mind is quiet, not agitated, not obsessed. Find that place. That's the place of the self. So we'll chant with Baba. He'll chant, we'll chant opposite Baba for a few minutes, and then we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And once again, it's very great to be celebrating this auspicious occasion. Uh, how many years since Baba died? Sixty. <laughs>
Devi Ma told me. <laughs> she said, Baba died 60 years ago. I said, no, I'm 40. <laughs> and that would make me very old if Baba died 60 years ago. Jesus. I'm old enough. <laughs> yeah. um, so Baba would be 100 and what? Fifth? 14. 114 today. So, all right. So we'll we'll chant with Baba, and then we'll meditate. So once again, with great love and respect, I welcome you all, all my heart. Satgurnat, Maharaj ki jai. Let's chant. Yeah. 